0: Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. This Kim and Croy stuff is really heating up. How shocked are you? Unbelievably so. I mean, when this initially first came out a few weeks ago, Isabel and I came on here basically doing an emergency Bravo segment to process it. And yes, Kim had filed for divorce, but also it came pretty immediately after it was reported that they owed $1.1 million in back taxes. It seemed like there was a lot of legal financial stuff on the horizon. And so at least the general thought was that it was very possible this divorce was kind of a strategic move in order to avoid some of the legal and financial complications. And What's coming out now, it just feels like maybe that is not the case. I mean, the first thing. So this is on May 17th. It comes out that Kim wants Croy drug tested. Quote, Kim Zolciak says she's witnessed her estranged husband, Croy Bierman, smoke pot, and she's afraid for her kid's safety, asking a judge to step in and force him to get a drug test. According to legal docs obtained by TMZ, Zolciak says she's got serious concerns for the safety and well-being of her four minor kids while in Croy's care and she points to his marijuana smoking as the source of her fear. Zosiak is asking the judge to force Croy to submit to a five-panel hair follicle drug screen and that he not cut or remove any of his hair until the screen is complete. Okay, so then five days after that, it comes out that Croy wants Kim to get a psych exam stating that she's got a gambling problem. Again, this is from TMZ. According to new legal docs obtained by TMZ, Croy says Kim's been showing some, quote, very troubling behavior that's accelerated in the months leading up to their divorce. Croy claims Kim has admitted to him that she's spending a lot of time and money on online gambling and other games of chance. And he claims her, quote, compulsion has devastated the family financially. What's more, Croy claims Kim is so consumed with online gambling, she's unable to properly care for the couple's four minor children. And as a result, he says he's concerned for the kid's safety and well-being. I mean, this was not what we initially thought when that divorce was first announced.
1: I feel like with this, there's part A and part B, which is how you felt about the divorce announcement first. Like, were you shocked? Did you see it coming? Did you think that it was a strategic move? And then part B, which is once you came to terms with the fact that they really were getting divorced, did you expect it to be this messy? So part B never happened for me. I never came to terms with the fact that they
0: were getting divorced. I really did believe that it was entirely a strategic move. I mean, you have to understand if you watch Don't Be Tardy in the way that I did, there was no world in which they were getting divorced. Like, yes, they were very bizarre as a couple, and a lot of the stuff was super outlandish, but it just felt like it really worked for them in this very specific way. So, I guess to answer your question, I hadn't gotten to Part B. However, now that I've wrapped my mind around it, yes, some of this does feel legit. I mean, this is not the first time we've heard of Kim's gambling. Yeah, here he's stressing kind of the online gambling of it all, but she has always loved the casino. And in a lot of ways, it was a thing they publicized that. He was kind of just along for the ride. You know, she had a lot of things like going to the casino, like going to her psychics, like only drinking her wine out of red solo cups, not taking elevators, only taking the stairs, whatever the things were. I know these things I'm listing are not in the same category. I'm just kind of more so trying to illustrate the point that she had a lot of things that only she did and he was very much on board with. So gambling wise no i'm i'm actually not surprised that this is coming out in the way that it was because it was never kosher the extent to which she was gambling
1: so then i guess the question that i have is does all of the tax troubles go back to the gambling or is the gambling coming up now more of a strategic custody move
0: okay so here's my thing and this is just my opinion i think it is kind of bold to assume that all of the alleged financial problems are a result of the gambling because Gambling aside, the question about where they were getting the money from has always been there. I mean, the house they lived in, the cars they drove, the level of service they had in their home, everything. It always felt like there is no way the money that they are making is supporting this. So I think there was always a thought of them overspending, gambling or no gambling. However, I certainly
1: think it exacerbated the issue. (laughs) I can't tell what's crazier. The fact that this is happening or the fact that you and I are starting the regular episode with a Kim and Croy update. I mean, in
0: all fairness, if we're thinking about the podcast in terms of ranking the three episodes this week, for Bravo, we have the Summer House finale and part one of the Vanderpump reunion. For Kardashians, we have the season three premiere. So like regular episode wise, there's not a hell of a lot going on. To me, it makes total sense. We'd start with Kim and Croy before we do Harry Styles. I mean,
1: listen, it makes perfect sense to me too. I just didn't think I'd ever see the day, but I'm so glad to be here. In the very few times where I know what's going on in something that is typically yours and Isabel's expertise, such as Kim and Croy, such as Vanderpump, like I am so excited to be able to just give a little tidbit of of information on her, a little bit of an opinion on it. Well, I do think that it's interesting because
0: there are a lot of people, I'm sure, listening to this that are very familiar with who Kim and Croy are, but only in the way that you are. They never watched Atlanta. They never watched Don't Be Tardy. But if you are a fan of pop culture, Kim and Kroy have kind of gotten into your orbit in some way. And I think so many people, whether or not they were fans, I mean, a lot of people, I would say, were relatively indifferent, but they were kind of just amazed at the way in which they lived their life because it seemed so bizarre. But I think the thing that really stuck was that Yeah, it seems so strange, but it really just seemed to work for them. And so the fact that this facade is now lifting and maybe it didn't work for them and maybe he was really not on board with her bullshit in the way that he appeared to be, I think that that is at the very least interesting while at the same time, obviously being sad because they have a lot of kids together.
1: Well, it's really interesting because I think there's also probably a huge amount of people, or maybe not a huge amount, but there's definitely a decent amount of people that probably listen to the regular episode and are going, I have no idea who the fuck Kim and Croy are.
0: That's also possible. It's hard for me to consider that reality because I feel I have known of them for so long and have been so familiar with every crevice of their Atlanta home. But I mean, this is a great time to first get acquainted. I will say that.
1: I always think it's the most amount of fun to become familiarized with somebody in the middle of a scandal. It's like that moment during Scandoval when anybody who didn't watch Vanderpump or didn't really know what was going on saw a picture of Tom Sandoval for the first time. And they were like, wait a fucking second. This is the guy that's at the middle of all of this.
0: No, I'm sorry. That has been one of my favorite realizations in all of this, because as a Bravo fan, it feels so validating. Because yes, we've been very familiar with who this guy is, and we still can't believe it. So then to actually experience people witnessing him for the first time and then really wrapping their minds around him being the center of this whole thing, it is such a unique experience to be an onlooker for.
1: It really makes me think about the whole Tristan Thompson thing, because it's like, okay, every time this happens, we're like, stop sleeping with Tristan Thompson. But you and I always come on here and say like, he's so deeply unattractive to us because of what he has done. But on his own, obviously he is, (laughs) he is a very attractive guy. When it comes to the whole Scandoval thing with Tom Sandoval being at the one in the middle of it, it's almost like you feel like you're going crazy because it's like, whether it's a personality or an aesthetics thing, it doesn't make sense on any level.
0: No, the whole thing is deeply confusing. And that layer of it, like the non-Bravo watcher wrapping their minds around it, is definitely an aspect of this whole thing that provides a little bit of levity to an otherwise, I would say, pretty intensely serious situation.
1: I would say so as well. Absolutely. Although for a very serious situation, I have to say, like, I have such a deep appreciation. And I said this to you yesterday when the Caller Daddy trailer came out and it's suspected that Ariana is going to be on Call Her Daddy. I have such a deep appreciation for the way that it's being handled from a pop culture perspective.
0: Well, I think that a lot of that speaks to the fact that Ariana has played her cards right. She could have done any interview anywhere when that initially broke. Obviously, she has a responsibility to Bravo, although Sandoval didn't care. I mean, he went on Howie Mandel. But the fact that Ariana has pretty much not said a word. We've known that she has been taking in these serious business opportunities. We've seen her say a few things to paparazzi here and there. But then right after the finale, she goes on Watch What Happens. She does a 30-minute solo episode. She's now doing all of these morning talk shows. Now she's going on Call Her Daddy as the reunion is starting to come out. I mean, she did it right. You know, She did what I think is one of the hardest things, which is holding your tongue, especially when given so many opportunities to not. And she held her tongue in a way that is now making anything she's saying even more powerful. And so to me, her
1: team was the only one in all of this that handled it well. The thing with Ariana is that she so clearly sees the bigger picture. She took this very terrible situation and looked at Tom Sandoval and was like, not only are you not winning here, but I will come out so significantly on top, so much more on top than anybody thought possible. And she just took it and ran with it. And I just have an immense amount of respect for the way that she has handled this whole thing.
0: Well, the other piece to this that I find to be really interesting, and Isabel and I were talking about this a little bit on the Bravo episode, but... On a recent episode of Flawless Podcast, she was saying that when this initially broke, Ariana was fully leaning in. She was willing to amplify it, but she also gave everyone involved full permission to really just ream him out. And yes, some of that was fueled by anger, but she was also saying a lot of that was because Ariana knew that if this was able to be kept kind of a secret she didn't fully trust herself to not go back to him. You know, she needed this to be fully blown up so there was no way she could kind of just turn a blind eye. It was almost like an insurance policy for her that let this go up in flames so that at least she knows 100% she's not going to go back with him. And I think the second piece to that in terms of what we're talking about is it also was probably helpful that all of her friends in the absence of her saying anything publicly We're going on podcasts. We're talking about it constantly. You know, Lala's talking about it on Jeff Lewis. They're all talking about it on their own individual podcasts. And I do think that that was probably helpful in allowing her to not do any of these breakthrough interviews, hold her tongue while knowing he was still getting shit on plenty.
1: Right. It's like, I can wait to tell my story, but I don't, not at the sacrifice of of my truth or not at the sacrifice of allowing him to create some sort of a narrative. You know, it's interesting. I was just thinking as you were talking, like, I wonder if the way that this specific scandal was handled will be something that almost becomes a blueprint going forward for both reality stars and regular stars if something like this were to happen where there's so clearly one right party. Because what Scandaval has given everybody in terms of The camaraderie of talking about it, the never-ending relevance. This has been months and months, and it is still something that we have spoken about every single day for the most part. So I just am so curious if you're a celebrity, if you're a reality star, if you look at this situation and say, Ariana clearly came out on top, everybody had her back when things are so black and white in terms of who's right and who's wrong, maybe we do lean in a little bit more. Maybe we do blow a scandal up instead of trying to keep everything low key and out of the press. I just think it is so dependent
0: on the individual situation. And obviously them being reality stars really contributed to it. Also the fact that for the last, however many years, we had such an intimate understanding of their relationship, but I do think about it in terms of the Chloe and Tristan of it all, because in the most recent iteration of the cheating scandal, obviously this was not our stance, but a lot of people who maybe aren't fans of the Kardashians, even some people that are, had the stance of like, yeah, it's a terrible thing that he did, but also we don't feel really that bad for her because what did she expect? Again, that was not our stance, but a lot of people felt that way. I mean, when that initial TMZ story broke about Marilyn Nichols giving birth right after it was confirmed that the surrogate was pregnant with their second child, it was not a favorable response from the general audience. And so what I was saying to Isabel last week, just in terms of as it applies to Bravo, but this can really be applied more generally. It is so, so, so rare to have a situation like this where every single person is on the same page because there's no argument you could make for it being Ariana's fault. There's just simply not. And even with the Chloe and Tristan stuff, while some could say it was very black and white, a lot of people would say that it wasn't. A lot of people were really coming down hard on Chloe. And I think one, the way that Ariana was viewed in the general Bravo world, but second of all, the fact that it was not only her boyfriend of a decade, but also her best friend that she defended tirelessly, it didn't allow any room for potential discussion on the other side. And that's really the piece of this that, yeah, makes it the most unique because you never see something like that pretty much regardless of what the scandal is.
1: It's so, so true. I'm really trying to think in my head if there's anything that I can compare it to and I can't, which is why I always think it's so funny when that question comes up of like, why do you think this blew up so much? It's like, it was absolutely the perfect storm. You know what I mean? It's like, I I never even in one second of the discourse and the conversation and the interviews, all of that, I never for one second took a step back and was like, wow, I wonder why this, got as big as it did. Because from the second that it broke, it had all of the makings of something that was going to be as big as it was. And then it was just handled in a way that, again, just created the perfect storm. It created the perfect amount of pop culture, drama, interest, conversation, camaraderie, everything about it was perfect. And so it's so funny to me when that conversation comes up of, well, why do you think that this of course it happened. We're starved for, for celebrity drama. We're starved for things to be handled in a messy and yet interesting way where you can consume it almost guilt-free. Like they are giving you the ability to have fun with this in a way that celebrity scandals usually don't because everything is being delivered to you on a silver platter.
0: Well, because also what are the odds that the people in the friend group that are also the most impacted by this, that are the people that would have been at Ariana's house by her side in the days following this anyway, are also the people we've gotten to know over the last decade who have their own platforms on Instagram, on podcasts, that they are actively talking about this, that also are filming for the show. Like, okay, if you think about this just in the world of reality TV, when everything went down with Jordan Gate, right? Right. Yeah, The cameras were filming, meaning when they were on their way to the Palm Springs house, yeah, we had cameras filming. But in real time, what we were being delivered was very, very minimal. There was one Malika or Larsa Pippen comment. There was one Instagram story that Kim posted of them singing that song on the way to the Palm Springs house, which as we saw in the episode, Kylie asked her to take down. But that was pretty much it. You know, yet we knew we were going to get it on the show, of course, but in real time it wasn't happening. What we're getting here, yes, is reality television production, meaning they pick cameras up after the fact, but also in real time, we have Lala on her way to Ariana's house. We have Kristen Doty on her podcast talking about what it was like in the home while it's happening. If you compare just to Kardashians from the lens of like, Technically speaking, they're both reality stars. Not one person in that circle would dare utter a word about what was going on in real time. And that's why we as the public were being so continually fed here. And also, like you said, we weren't being made to feel guilty, especially knowing what we know now that Ariana actually really appreciated everyone going up in arms because... It was the very thing that was helping her knowing she'll never go back to him. So once you have that lens, you're like, wait a second. My anger is potentially in some way directly contributing to you never even remotely considering the possibility of going back with Tom Sandoval. Like in that case, let's fucking light this place up. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify Eye Drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for.
1: Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. There's so much here, and it's so my natural inclination to want to apply this situation to other celebrity situations, not only for the sake of my own interest, but for the sake of the podcast and tying it all together from like the Bravo lens, the Kardashian lens, regular pop culture lens, you'll never recreate this again. The fact of the matter is, is that there aren't celebrities who can operate in the way that reality stars do to this extent. I guess the question is, Of course, you're never going to have a situation like this again. This is a one in a million pop culture story. Yes. Is the friend sleeping with the friend's boyfriend the most unique situation in history? Of course not. But in this specific scenario, it absolutely was. I guess the question that I have in the larger picture of pop culture is, forget about the specifics of this and comparing it to anything else. It's just, do you see people start to lean in a little bit more now? Maybe not getting the whole friend group involved, maybe not full activations on social media, maybe not full interviews, but do you see people, when there is drama for the sake of their own relevancy, start to just lean in a little bit more to see what they can benefit from in a situation?
0: I don't really know because I still do think that there is a certain piece of the quote desire for privacy that in the celebrity world, there's like an elitism to it. Meaning if you are willing to lean in, that automatically puts you down a peg. I think in the eyes of so many famous people, specifically because of the way that they've kind of been trained. So I don't know. I mean, if we really wanted to apply this to like A-listers, is there a world in which just cheating scandal in this way kind of broke and maybe, no, they're not going to speak about it to TMZ in the parking lot of a strip mall a la Tom Sandoval. But yeah, maybe they are willing for their friend to leave one singular emoji comment on a TMZ headline. I don't know. It's not the craziest thing, although I still do think there's a significant amount of wrapping their minds around that not being associated with like a lower level of celebrity. Because I think in their minds it is. And honestly, It factually kind of is. It does make it a little more relatable. It does make the public feel like they have more license to lean in. And I think for some people that will never, ever be appealing. Maybe for your mid-tier celebrity that aren't the strong A-list and are definitely famous enough, but, you know, could use it a little bit more. Yeah, is there a world in which they would lean in slightly?
1: Possibly, yes. You know, that's so, 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 so fascinating because what we're essentially talking about is the fact that the needs of celebrity has completely changed over time, where in the early 2000s and pre-social media, the number one need of every single celebrity was relevancy. And so the calling the paparazzi on themselves, the being involved in scandals, the dating people, the PR setups, like not that that doesn't still exist today, but the number one currency for celebrities was their relevancy. And I think that what we're seeing now is celebrities are actually less concerned with gaining relevancy and more concerned with gaining elitism within the industry. And so what you just said about like, well, A-list celebrities are never going to lean in that way is so true. But then you have the B and C-list celebrities who are never going to lean in that way because they so badly want to be taken seriously or so badly want to earn that spot of an A-list celebrity that they're not willing to diminish anything while they're in the middle,
0: Right. And I guess then what happens, which I mean, this is a very general oversimplification, but they could potentially be faced with a choice of what is more important. Is it more important to continue to try to establish yourself in this way that is far more famous than you even are? And because of that, you are taking yourself more seriously or knowing that leaning in and doing the thing that no, a true A-lister probably wouldn't do, but is almost guaranteed to make you more relevant, make you more talked about, thus making you more followed. Is that more important? And that's going to be a call, honestly, that's going to be made by celebrities and their PR teams in a probably far more strategic way than, you know, maybe had been thought about recently. I don't know.
1: And see, I guess what I'm searching for is just for everything to be a little less strategic. That's that's really it. Like I am on a one woman mission just to make celebrity culture feel like the 2000s again. That's what's missing. Everything is too strategic. Everything is too contrived. Like that's why this was so fun because what this Vanderpump drama did more than anything else was just like ignore all of that. Ignore the natural inclination that every celebrity and Honestly, every person trying to be famous has, which is to think everything through and think the outcome through to the fullest extent of what's going to happen. This was just like, fuck this guy. We are operating as a friend group and the world is going to watch this play out the way that it would have played out whether we were famous or not.
0: Right. But that's why, I mean, I know it's a totally different situation, but that's why Harry and Emrata making out against that minivan in Tokyo was so fucking amazing. Like for that exact reason, because no one does things in this sloppy of a way when you are, you know, literally one of the most famous musicians in the entire world. It just doesn't typically go down in that way anymore. And that really did feel like you had your phone out in Hyde nightclub, you know, circa 2010.
1: Right, well, let's get into that because there are now rumors that Harry and Candace Swainpool are dating, right? And so, first of all, which I totally believe, but you're not going to see Harry making out against a car in Japan or anywhere else with her right now because I think that that experience forced him into a position where he was like, okay, I'm not going to slip up like that again. Whereas in our idealized version, it would have been like, oh, wow, everybody really had fun with that. There was really no backlash from it. No one cared that I did it. They just saw me as this fun, normal guy for a second. What a great look for me in that way. But it's not how it's, I think it's perceived as the celebrity. I think when you're the celebrity in this day and age, that makes you retreat a little bit more.
0: Let me just read this quote from The Sun. A source told The Sun, quote, is one of the world's biggest music superstars, so it's not surprising supermodels are lining up to date him. He's got history with Victoria's Secret models and has been linked to six others who have all walked in their fashion shows. Candace is one of Victoria's Secret's most successful angels, and Harry would be a lucky man if he managed to woo her.
1: Who so pr- wrote that quote? I don't know. Like, I was just about to say, who is writing that? Like, that is a quote that I would give if you were dating somebody famous. <laughs>
0: What? He would, he would be a lucky man if he managed to woo her.
1: Or like you're like somebody's mom, like Candace Waypool's mom gave that quote to this. Yeah. Summer.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. I, I agree with you though. I mean, who's to say, but I would not even be the littlest bit shocked to me. This seems wildly on brand.
1: I love Harry in this era of like, there's going to be just a million dating rumors about everybody. Similar to what we were saying about Kim, like Kim in her single era is going to, anytime she's with somebody, it's going to pop up as a dating rumor. And like, I can't do anything but have fun with that.
0: Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com. The place to find a place. Let's talk about baby making for a second, because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be. Meaning, there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do wanna conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I wanna introduce you to Frida Fertility. Frida Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits, they're kind of revolutionizing the Conception Aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby-making simplified. Find to Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you. Well, let's get into this Dua Lipa news because there's actually a piece of this that kind of goes into what we were just talking about. So over the weekend, Dua Lipa went Instagram official with her boyfriend, posting a photo of them from Cannes. His name is Romain Gavris. He's a French director. There had been speculation about them being together for a while now because they were seen earlier this year leaving a party together, but neither of them had commented on it. And... She then, you know, makes it Instagram official. There were plenty of photos of them from the event as well. But of course, her posting it to the grid really solidified it in a different way. Anyway, her ex-boyfriend, Anwar Hadid, who she had dated for two years, they split in 2021, posted an Instagram story that he then deleted saying, trying not to find and kill him, which of course was assumed that it was about Dua's new boyfriend, Romaine. I will say this to me felt like the kind of thing he maybe thought that he posted on his close friend's and then realize he posted it to his regular story. I'm not saying that was the case. Totally could have been intentional. It just did have that vibe. But I mentioned this to say, not this particular example. Like I wasn't a fan of this. I'm not really a fan of Anwar in general. However, this type of messiness is a little bit more what I would love people to lean into.
1: Yes, it's like, (laughs) you know what it is? It's like, okay, like this, but not, not exactly. Like you're close, but we're not quite there yet. But what's so funny is that He did that very specific thing that we hate when celebrities do, which is like make the public feel crazy. So he posts the story, which I agree with you. That was actually my first thought was it was meant to be a close friends and he realized he fucked up, but he then posts another Instagram story, which is like crazy. How the internet will make whole articles about shit. They don't know about like y'all are bored as fuck. Sorry. It's like Dua Lipa, your ex-girlfriend of two years debuts her new boyfriend on Instagram And you then follow that up by posting a story coincidentally at the same time that specifically says trying not to find and kill him. And we're supposed to think that it's about something completely different. Like, no, I hate when celebrities do that.
0: That is exactly how I thought of like, wait, why are you gaslighting us? We weren't inserting you into this narrative. It wasn't as though Dua Lipa went Instagram official. And immediately after every headline was speculating how you were taking it. You posted what probably was meant to be a close friend story on your main story. Shortly after, she debuts her new relationship with the caption of wanting to find and kill him. Of course, that's where everyone's mind is going to go. But I guess my thing is like, let's just remove for a second that it was maybe meant to be a close friend. Even if this was an intentional move, it was like so close, but not there. You know, like you didn't need to find and kill him. You could have just maybe left an emoji on the people headline about it.
1: I guess this all comes back to like, can you guys just comment a little more? <laughs> That would solve all of our issues across every single facet. Every single one. You know what's really funny in terms of of Instagram? It really hit me as I was doing this specific outline, but I then realized that any single time we're talking about relationships and we're talking about timelines of relationships and previous relationships, the one consistent across the board in terms of timelines is like X date Instagram official. It's like, that is so funny that, Instagram has made its way into the relevance of a celebrity dating timeline. It's like first public appearance, first red carpet appearance, Instagram official. Like, how did you guys get there?
0: It is such a good point, And it's so true, especially as this conversation around social media is constantly evolving. And, you know, a lot of people feel that Instagram isn't necessarily what it used to be, which that argument can certainly be made. It's still the place that you're going to debut your relationship in that way. And second of all, it's not just celebrities. Like if you're talking to someone about the timeline of your relationship, it's not the craziest thing that you would mention the first time you kind of posted someone. Or if you're talking to your friends about it, it's like, well, I mean, I soft launched him in October and I guess I hard launched him. Yeah. In January, like when we were in Italy together,
1: you know what I mean? Yes. It's like, I have such a deep appreciation for what Instagram has become in that way. You're
0: telling me. I love the flexibility and I agree with you. I love that in even the most professional of celebrity relationship timelines, the words Instagram official will make their way. That that is fucking women in STEM.
1: Yes. And you know what we're so close to getting them? And I know I've said this for the past couple of weeks, but I know for a fact we are so close to getting a Kendall Bad Bunny comment.
0: I feel like Bad Bunny is horrible holding back. He is biting his tongue out of respect for Kendall.
1: He wants to comment Te amo, so badly on Kendall's Instagram. I know. And
0: we want to post that so badly. So Bad Buddy, if you're listening, she'll get over it. Just, just go for it.
1: You have full permission. And honestly, I heard a rumor that Kris Jenner wants you to do it.
0: <laughs> the wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes, those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Before getting into the Kardashian recap, we just need to mention this monumental real estate transaction that has taken place. Beyonce and Jay-Z purchased a $200 million, 30,000 square foot Malibu home It is the most expensive home ever sold in the state of California and the second most expensive real estate deal in the country, according to TMZ. The previous record for California was $177 million, and the most expensive home is a $238 million Central Park penthouse that is owned by billionaire hedge fund manager Ken Griffin. The Malibu home Beyonce and Jay-Z bought was designed by Tato Ando, who's a Japanese master architect, the same guy designing the house that Kanye bought in Malibu. It was owned and built by William Bell, who's one of the biggest art collectors in the world, and it took him about 15 years to build this structure. It's all concrete. According to Daily Mail, quote, the property features four outdoor swimming pools, a spa and wellness center. Amenities also include a media room, multiple outdoor entertaining areas, a full-size basketball court, and staff quarters, and is complete with a 15-car garage.
1: Holy shit. You, You know what I first thought when I saw this house was? That it didn't look that big from the outside? A little bit of that, but my number one thought was, God, I hope they make a really easy system for getting the Wi-Fi password in there because once you're inside concrete, there is zero phone service. There's zero fucking phone service, I know. To pay, and apparently it was all cash, you know,
0: it's like there's rich and then there's fucking rich. To pay $200 million cash for a Malibu home thus making yourself the only people to buy real estate that expensive in the entire state of California. It's like a whole other realm. You know what I mean? It's like even the wealthiest of people can't wrap their minds around that.
1: Right. This is the type of thing where it really puts into perspective what it means for Beyonce and Jay-Z to be a power couple. And it's not that that necessarily is a reflection of them as a couple and their relationship, although I do feel like it has been solid for the past couple of years. Um, But- What we're seeing is this is a couple that has run Hollywood for the past 20 years in a way that I don't think that there's any other celebrity couple that can compete with.
0: No, I mean, they are just kind of in a category of their own. I mean, this is this is wild. This is the kind of thing. I don't care who you are. You're like, whoa,
1: that's what it is. It's
0: just fucking whoa. Okay, so moving into the Kardashian recap, we actually wanted to start with a comment that Chloe left on a fan account. They had posted a screenshot from the Dumois story where the question box said, Kim supporting Tristan at the Lakers game. What's going on? And Dumois had written, allegedly he's back with Coco, so maybe she's soft-launching the idea. So everyone is prepared and doesn't give Coco a hard time. That's kind of what we were talking about last week, in terms of that's what a lot of people think. And Chloe commented and said, Stop pushing this narrative. It's tiring, but I suppose you guys will continue the narrative you want regardless of what I say. So what's the point? It's exhausting, but I learned people will only understand to the level of their own perception. Most are stuck at believing the lies because it's the narrative they want to fuel. Have fun. Some things are just as simple as they seem. A family member supporting another family member, especially during a difficult time in life. Example, just so I support Scott and will forever support him. He's my brother. It's just not on an NBA stage. Sad new world. If there's no photos, people really think it didn't happen. But yes, I see Scott often. Some things really are just as they
1: are. Whoa. Whole lot of shit going on here. So my thoughts on this are, it goes without saying. I fucking ride so hard for Chloe. In my heart of hearts, deep in my soul, I know that they are not together and not getting back together, at least not anytime soon. If anybody asks me about it, that is the very strong stance and position I take. However, The way that I feel about this comment and Chloe's response in general is similar to how I felt about the Onward thing, which is like, you can't expect the public to know that. Like, you can't expect the public to think that. You have not built up enough stock in this history with Tristan where you then get the benefit of the doubt that that's not what's happening here. And so I understand the reaction of everybody saying like, why are you putting this quote narrative on us when you have given us reason to believe that that's exactly what would be happening here.
0: Right. It's like the way I felt about that was, yes, if you are talking to us specifically, 100%, I'm on board with you. But for your average person, even someone that just consumes the Kardashians peripherally, it is not at all outlandish or off of them to assume that that's what's going on here. Because honestly, Chloe and Tristan aside it's a move the family pulls. You know, they certainly will show support for people as a way to kind of gently reintroduce them or refamiliarize the public with them. So it's not a wild thought process that one would have. I guess if I'm Chloe, I am frustrated that my sister showing support to the father of my child who is going through a rough time has then been weaponized against me and like everyone just sees that and it's like, oh, wow, guess Chloe's a fucking weak loser for going back with him. It's like, whoa, whoa, how'd I get thrown into that? So I get if I've heard the frustration, which is, I think, why the tone of this comment was someone that did feel just emotionally exhausted by the whole thing. At the same time, of course, I can't blame your average person for thinking that. But then, second of all, removing anything is like, wait, how'd Scott get brought into the mix here? Because don't get me wrong, I gladly accept any confirmation they are willing to give that their relationship with Scott is perfectly intact. So if Chloe wants to take an opportunity to make a comment that has nothing to do with Scott about letting us all know she still sees Scott, I'm never going to get mad at that. However, let us not equate Scott and Tristan because you hanging out with Scott would not be met with the same type of confusion or reaction that the public has to Kim hanging out with Tristan. It's a totally different beast. And that's coming from us who actually do not fault Kim for doing it and understand that like, yeah, Tristan is going through one of the hardest times in his life. It's not so crazy that Kim is supporting him courtside. I don't know. I am not at all a fan of equating Scott and Tristan, even if that's not what she was trying to do.
1: Yeah. Like I get what she was trying to do there, but it was like, (laughs) like, first of all, it's, you know what? That's also another example of like the entire Scott narrative didn't just come from the fact that we haven't seen pictures of you guys together. We watched an entire season of your reality show where he was constantly upset about feeling excluded from the family and wanting and desiring to be at these holiday events with the family and his kids and talking about how when his parents died, they promised him that they would treat him like he was one of the their own and we watched another season where we saw him one single time in the context of flipping a house so it's like yeah if we have some questions about what your current relationship with Scott is it doesn't feel like the craziest thing to ask them
0: no okay but that's a to- that's even different from what I was saying like you are 100 valid in that on top of that the two aren't they're not comparable there's no yeah. reason to bring Scott into it yeah yeah, yeah. like but exactly. no, wait, wait, there- wait by the way there is reason to bring Scott into it just not into this please do not insult Scott and the relationship you all maintain with him to the theories that are going on about Kim courtside at a Lakers game, supporting Tristan with North. Like we are in two different arenas here. No pun intended. Two different arenas. You like that little pun? (laughs) Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process. If you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you, and for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends. So I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to dot com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's dot com promo code CELEBS. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Okay. Other thing that I just wanted to mention, I don't know. It's so insignificant in the scheme of things, but for some reason, I had such a reaction to this. There was a paparazzi video of Kim with the kids. They were leaving, I think, Saints basketball game or Saints basketball practice. And the paparazzi that is filming them is someone that I guess Kim had known for years. His name is Dutch and she's telling her kids, okay, this guy, he's one of the good ones. You know, He used to photograph me leaving my apartment when I used to live in West Hollywood off of Sunset. And he's she's kind of asking him, like, do you remember those days? And I know this is such a strange word to use to describe a paparazzi video interaction, but the whole thing felt strangely heartwarming. Like it was almost as if Kim was having a moment while this has become her everyday, this is her really her norm of like, whoa, just 10 years ago, I was leaving Kitson with Paris Hilton and you were probably filming me. Like, I do think she had that moment of, holy shit, life comes at you fast. And the fact that she was then presenting it to her kids in a way to almost like illustrate her life. I don't know. There was just something wildly endearing about the whole thing.
1: Well, what I felt really endeared by endeared (laughs) is not just the, how far we've come in terms of the paparazzi, but just that single gesture of Kim, who's probably the most famous woman in the entire world saying to this paparazzi, like, Oh, I don't know if you remember, like, do you remember those times of like that we used to have where it's like, Of course, he fucking remembers like he used to photograph you when you were Paris Hilton's best friend. And he is obviously like the rest of the entire world had a front row seat to watching this rise of fame. Of course, that is something that is going to stick with him forever. And of course, it is something that he will never, ever forget. And he probably thinks about every single time he photographs you. But for Kim to give him the benefit of the doubt of just like turning and saying, do you remember those days? was just like, I don't know. It just warmed my heart.
0: Yeah, like yeah. her explaining to the kids why this man you know played a specific role in her rise to fame. I don't know. Honestly, POV of the week, which I guess we as of, as of today we were starting to do like POV you're Dutch. POV yeah. you are this paparazzi guy that is filming Kim just like you would do all the fucking time and here
1: she is asking you if you remember like Kim. okay, <laughs> you know what it is. You know what it is though. This is what it is with that with the, with what I was trying to get say. The thing we always say with Kim is that she is so intentional about never forgetting her roots and this rise to fame that she's had and how badly she wanted to be famous and who was there for her at the beginning to the point where she remembers the paparazzi by name who would follow her out of her apartment and thus contributed to the, where she is now. Like it is so granular how much appreciation she has for the fame in a way where like, There's nobody else that would do that. There's no other famous person that would give credit to a single paparazzi for, for photographing them back in the day. It's like, everybody has moved on. Everybody is like, oh, I'm I'm too good for the paparazzi. I'm too famous for the paparazzi. Kim still exists in this understanding and appreciation of day one. But
0: you want to know something? even anyone else in the family wouldn't. Kim is the right. only one. Yes, yes, exactly. Even within the family that that feels that way. It's so true. Which is why, okay, totally, totally different subject, but it's connecting in my mind and you're going to agree. I know this is obviously not on the outline, but you and I were talking about it last week. Did you guys see how... Kim was in New York last week. I don't know if it was for American Heart or so whatever she was there for. In addition, they were unveiling the Skims pop-up at Rockefeller Center, which by the way, is fucking gorgeous. It's like baby blue. The whole thing is meant to look like a diving board. I haven't been inside, but I've walked past it a million times and it just looks beautiful. Anyway, the videos of Kim from that day, she looked exhausted. Not only when she was on the Today Show or Gordon Morning America, whatever show she was on, but just in general, even in the fan videos. And she then later acknowledged it on Instagram like, Posting about how tired she was. But remember, you and I, when we were watching those videos, we were so taken aback at how tired she was because, like, we always say constantly when she's, you know, one day in LA, the next day in fucking Singapore, the next day in Japan, wherever she is, we're like, how does she do it? How is she not so exhausted? Because we know she is, but she never shows it. And so, in this very strange way, for Kim to finally show it, it was like one of the more humanizing, I think, Moments I've had with her in recent history, honestly.
1: And then to take it one step further, for us to all be in on this acknowledgement of how off-brand it is, to see this crack in the foundation, even if the crack in the foundation is just an understandable level of exhaustion, for us to all be talking about it in this way where like, it's not just you and I saying like, wow, that's so weird that she's so tired. It's like all of the internet was like, wow, Kim looks exhausted. And then for her to post that Instagram of her asleep in bed saying, I'm so exhausted, guys, was like it's literally like we see each other. Like,
0: yes, yes,
1: yes. It's, it,
0: I, I like, I, I don't know how to try to explain this without sounding like genuinely off my rocker, but I just do not give a fuck because when it comes to the Kardashian, specifically Kim, like there's no rocker to be found or had. It's like, I have consumed enough content of Kim, not only from the perspective of paparazzi or fans, but also just herself filming herself to know when something is even a little bit off. Like, I can't tell you exactly what it is, obviously, but I can tell you something is off. And so for us to like see that and feel that way, and then for her to acknowledge it, yes, I am so in agreement with you, Julie, and, and but again, that goes to show. Like, think about how tired she actually must have been if we saw it. That's why, to me, I said to you, I think it was also emotional exhaustion. That's why when I saw those videos, I was like, I wonder what's going on with Kanye behind the scenes because, yes, yeah, I'm sure she's tired, but that's a constant. Like to me, it felt like a different kind of tired.
1: Uh, yeah, I felt so too. <laughs> I
0: know <What? laughs> you guys don't evaluate the root of Kim Kardashian's exhaustion at eight fifty three
1: a.m. on a Tuesday. Separates the voice from the men's to be able to do so.
0: <laughs> okay. I think that is all for today. I definitely am going to listen to Kim on Jay Shetty's podcast, and I'm sure we will discuss that. I'm really, really excited. I'm sure that is going to be an excellent listen. I would highly recommend. And I think that is all. Is there anything else you want to mention? I think that's it, kid. Okay, I think that's it. We love you guys. An amazing fucking week of episodes coming. We have Vanderpump reunion part one, Summer House finale. And then of course we have the return of Kardashians. We'll see how this week goes. If you were to ask me to give you a game plan, I would probably say Kardashians will be released Friday. Vanderpump slash other Bravo episode will be released Thursday because obviously we can't watch Kardashians until Thursday morning. We don't have a screener. So that's what I think will happen. And I think that's it. We love you guys. Thank you for listening and letting us do this.